Welcome to the Seven Figure Impact Podcast, where I help men and women just like you who have a drive to make positive, powerful impact within their local community do so through licensed assisted living, group homes, and community have businesses. I'm your host, Ariana. I'm a co-CEO of a seven-figure home and community-based agency, former professional foster parent, mother of three children, coach, course creator, and so much more. I'm obsessed with helping aspiring providers break into the business of care without all the confusion, overwhelm, or even owning their licensed property. And I help current providers intentionally market, develop systems, streamline their back end, and scale their income. If you are wanting to build a business in care and make seven-figure impact, you are in the right place. Let's get it going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Seven Figure Impact. I'm your host, Ariana J. Super excited to be with you today per usual. So we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. I have some things I want to share with you, and it has to do with breaking into this industry and the things that I wish I would have known prior to breaking into it, right? And because this industry is like so tight-lipped, like no one ever told me any of these things. And granted, some of them wouldn't have made sense until I was actually in the business, right? Up, started, caring for clients, had my care team, making revenue, making money. But either way, I want to share with you some of those things that I wish I would have known before I broke into the business of care. I also want to share with you something that I did know when I first got started and how that decision was super important and imperative for us to make. So make sure you stick around so you know what that is. I'll be sharing that towards the end of the episode. Hindsight is twenty twenty, baby. And it's such a real, true, raw statement, yet very simple. I also want to share with you something that I did know when I first got started and how that decision was super important and imperative for us to make. So make sure you stick around so you know what that is. I'll be sharing that towards the end of the episode. I do think that there are things, like I said, that you have to learn hands on. But I also think, damn, it would be so helpful if people knew this beforehand. So we're going to talk about that today. Again, these are my experiences. You may or may not agree, and that's fine. We can agree to disagree. I want to share some of my experiences with those providers who are wanting to break into the business of care and just share some of the things that I know to be true, at least for myself, And maybe it will be true for you. So I want to start off with talking about the different types of care. I wasn't aware of the different licensure options for licensed assisted living group home in the variety of community hab businesses. Hell, community hab, I wasn't even aware of that or the variety within it, okay? And so I want people to understand as they are getting started, that you can break into this business without starting a licensed assisted living or group home. You can solely break in with the community hab piece if you so choose, because there's a wide variety of different services within that. And some of those services could be like nursing services. It could be like life skill services, 
in the community, where we're doing these things in the community. Could be employment services. This is not a staffing agency, my friend, it's something very different. Supported living, where we're going into the individual's home. This is not home care, my friend, this is very different. And so when I was breaking into the business, I didn't understand all of these different types of care that we could break into. I knew licensed assisted living. I knew serving seniors, the DD, mental health, but I wasn't aware of everything that kind of came with that and how there's different niches within the CARES industry that you can really position yourself into. So if you are in a space where you're wanting to break into the business, like really find somebody that's going to help you decipher what it is that you want to actually do within the CARES industry what type of service you actually want to provide so you can break in at that entry point that you truly want to break into. Now, I started with licenses to living in group home, and that's where I wanted to start. So it worked out, but I didn't know of all of these different options when I first got started. It wasn't until about three months in that I was like, holy shit. There's so many other services I can provide. And my mind was blown. So that's what I wish I would have known when I got started. Now, if you ask me, would that have changed my startup plan had I known? Probably not, because I knew I wanted to do group home services. And and part of my market research was that. So I was pretty set on it. But I mean, it could have right? I can't really say, but I'm glad I started the way that I started. Hey there, if you are ready to make impact within your local community and you are ready to get started, I have something for you. So listen up. The Startup Provider Program is open for enrollment for a limited time. The Startup Provider Program is a self-study program over 12 weeks, so you can get on track with opening your business and care so much faster. We talk about everything from mindset and focus to clients and funding to licensing and certification and everything else in between, specifically focusing on that market research so that you can find the right license type and the requirements to open the business and care that you desire. So head over to startupprovider.com for more details. All right, now back to the show. Breaking into the business is one thing and running the business is a whole nother. Staying in business is is a whole nother thing. There's so many people that come to me through DM, through email, conversations that I have with people who have gotten started and they're in the red, like from day one. And they've been in the red because they don't know how to bring clients into their homes, programs and services. But the piece that I want to focus on right now is like knowing the mission statement and allowing that to truly guide your business. A lot of people, including myself, didn't realize how important the mission of the agency was, and that you as the owner, the CEO, the program administrator, whichever hat you have on in this very second, you have to steer the ship. And the mission is what steers that ship. I didn't realize this when I first got started. And it's something that I teach my students inside of the Startup Provider Program 
And it's something that I teach people, like in general, if you're part of the Facebook community, Seven Figure Impact, like this is what I say, like your mission has to be one that guides your business, leading with impact. And if you don't think having a mission is important, I'm just going to tell you right now that it's extremely important. Not only does it sit on your business plan, which everybody just assumes like that's the only place it goes and it's not really important anywhere else, but it goes beyond the business plan. It goes into your marketing. It goes into how you run your organization from day to day. It goes into how we talk about our care team and the values that we have for our agency and our business. It all stems from the mission. And when I say your mission, like your mission statement, and people can tell if your mission is just something that was just created to just look good. And it's different when you can embody that. It's different when you can show up as the mission. Like my mission is quality of life for all, period. And it shows in my service that I provide. It shows in the care and the quality of care for our individuals. It shows in their happiness, right? It shows in all of that. And so I didn't really realize how important my mission statement was. And I think my mission statement was, or my tagline, I should say, which is quality of life for all. I believe that was there before I officially named it our tagline, right? Because it, it was something that I identified after I was already started. But it's something you need to identify your values, your mission statement, your tagline is what you should create and establish. Now, I know the aspiring providers who are listening to this right now are just like chomping at the bit to get started and to accept their first resident, client, program participant, individual, however you want to put it. You're really excited to do that. And my friend, I'm excited for you. But the one thing that I want to talk to you about is something that I knew before I got started, but I didn't really truly understand all the way before I got started is that not all clientele that are presented are going to be the right fit for your agency. See, when you're in that place of you've had these startup expenses, these overhead costs, you're like, okay, I need to start making revenue, which yes, I agree. Absolutely. 1000% you need to do that. But not all the clientele that are presented to you are going to be the right fit for your agency. The saying is not all money is good money. The same thing relates, right? And it's not from my experience that it's the client itself or the resident itself, individual program participant, however you want to put it. It's not necessarily them or the behaviors or challenges or diagnoses or whatever comes with them. It's more so the full team as a whole. I like to say each person that we serve has a team of five people with them. And those are some of the decision makers in their lives. And not all of them are going to be the right fit to work with for your agency. See, for me, it's very important that our care team, the guardians, the social workers, the care coordinators, we all work in harmony. Is there going to be some disagreements or things we might not see eye to eye on? Yes, that's going to happen. But the team in itself has to be able to work through any of that, and it has to be the right fit. And so when you have a team that's not willing to do that or difficult to work with, or they don't want to do their part in the care team, it makes it really difficult. And so 
I like to say not all money is good money. Like, I don't want to take that on and have to deal with that. For me, it's not worth it. It's not worth my peace, my joy, my happiness. It's not worth the individual's quality of life for it to be lessened because there's people who are unhappy on the team and they're making things difficult or whatever. And I also want to clarify that sometimes the need that the individual has goes outside of the scope of care that you are qualified to provide. See, a lot of people don't want to say that because they see the money, they see the income, and they're like, sure, I'll do it. But at whose detriment? The individual's quality of life is not going to be that of what it should be if you are accepting them and you are not yet qualified to provide that care. What do I mean by qualified? If an individual has a certain set of behaviors or a need or diagnoses, or requirements for care that are outside of your scope, you should not accept that resident because you are not able to meet the need. It's very important. And I didn't necessarily at the beginning know of all of those things that I needed to be looking at to make that well-informed decision. And it's important that you ask these questions up front and you tap into your gut, tap into that feeling of if this individual is going to be the right fit along with their care team. So speaking of care team, for us to be in this position to be a CEO and to grow our agency and to make seven-figure wealth, we have to have a care team. We have to. And to be able to do that successfully, we need to have company culture now, granted, we are in an era where staffing is hard, not just in the cares industry, all industries. Having that company culture is extremely essential. I didn't necessarily know this when I first got started. Company culture, isn't that for the big, huge agencies? Isn't that the, for these big, huge companies that have like 500 employees? No, my friend, it's for us also that have small care teams that are smaller agencies. We have to have a company culture. It's essential. It's not only essential to pay your care team well and to treat them well, but to have this culture and you get to determine what that looks like. So I wish I would have known that beforehand. I didn't. I didn't know that beforehand. And so there was some trial and error with that. There were some things that Andre and I had to learn and there were some growing pains with that, but we were able to get through it and develop a very strong company culture that represents us, that represents the care that we provide and represents our care team very well, I have to add. Super proud of our company culture. I'm super proud of the care team that we have. I'm proud of the way they embody the quality of life for all tagline of our company because they see how Andre and I embody that. Okay, your team is watching you and we cannot ask anything of our team that we wouldn't do ourselves. And leading by example is important even as you step out of that everyday role and you hire a director, you hire a program administrator, whoever it is, like that person has to embody that same vision, company culture, all of the things that you do, or you'll start to see it kind of slip through the cracks and, and things happen. So I could not wrap this episode up without mentioning you need to have a great CPA and accountant. This was actually our first hire. This was an excellent decision. And this is something I did know 
<laughs> when I first got started that we need to have these people on deck because I'm not an accountant or a CPA and I didn't want to bother myself with that. So having a good support system and to be your accountant and, and see the numbers and handle your payroll and all of those things. Now you can you can be an accountant for your business if that's what you so choose. And there's so much I could talk about about hindsight, right? Of what I wish I would have known. But to keep this episode short and sweet to the point, I hope it was helpful for you. If you are breaking into the business of care, if you are an aspiring provider or you know someone who wants to break into the business of care, please share this episode with them if you feel called to do so. I will see you next time. Hey friend, if you resonated with this show, if you feel the desire to make impact, don't forget to head over to www.startupprovider.com so you can start making seven-figure impact and follow the show so you get notified when I drop a new episode. You can also come follow me on IG at underscore Ariana J. If you follow me there, let me know you came from the podcast. I really would love to meet you. Or you can join me in my private Facebook group, Assisted Living Group Home and Community Hub Providers. I hope to see you there.